Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. You're listening to BSH Radio. Is this true? Live from the WIP studios in Philadelphia. The hockey team, the Flyers. And right here on BroadStreetHockey.com. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right. BSH Radio. The season is upon us. This is our final show of the preseason. By the time we join you next, well, there actually, will be hockey. Well, well actually, actually, almost, but not quite. The preseason, the preseason will Sunday. be over. Right. But the regular wraps, season will not have started yes, yet. Correct. The preseason will be in Sunday. limbo. We will be joining you exactly. Monday. And it will be <laughs> Why seen, is this confusing? <laughs> it's not confusing to me. I do the intro here. Not My like. name is Bill Matz. I am your director of Fun and Games for the evening. Uh, we have a lot to get to. The position battles are dwindling. Controversy abounds, as you just know exactly what's going to happen. But we're going to stay optimistic in this show, gang. That's my hope, at least. Let me Speak introduce for yourself, you. Buddy. Let me introduce you to my panel. My broadcast partner in crime, Steph Licious, the Steph Driver. William, I am feeling some rookie feelings. And okay. They are good. Uh, the kids have been outplaying the vets, and they look fantastic. I agree. Thanks. They haven't looked bad. No, it's been pretty good. Uh, The fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. So I'm also feeling good rookie feelings, but I'm feeling bad front office feelings because I have yet to find any reason to believe that three rookie defensemen are going to be on this hockey team next Wednesday. You just got to find a reason to believe, Kelly. I haven't found it, William. Someday. I, I feel that like day it, is not today. I feel like if you haven't found it yet, you're, you're not going to find <laughs> I'll it. I'll find it next Wednesday when Travis Sanheim is on the team, but yes, not until then. It, it's, it's difficult because we've been telling ourselves all offseason that it's not going to happen, and now we, we want to believe. From TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. So the Charlie from two months ago would never believe that I'm saying this, <laughs> but I actually feel bad for Mike Vecchioni. Why? And let me explain why. So I don't care that he signed with the team and then they got Nolan Patrick, whatever. That fine, that happens. You know, you take the risk. What I feel bad about is the fact that he didn't really get a chance at all in this camp. He basically played in the opener, scored a goal, then played in the secondary game the day of the split squad games, and then never got another preseason game to play in. Like, I'm not really sure what else he could have done, but I would have liked for him to have at least gotten the chance to do it rather than just practice and never play. He could have been a guy that they invested a draft pick in rather than got for free. That's yeah. We talked earlier about the uh, the waiver exempt thing and how it wasn't going to come into play with certain guys, but with a guy like him, it was going to just because there are only so many spots. And that was Charlie's minute. You wasted the whole thing, Bill. <laughs> Uh, Chris Vandevelde got released from his professional tryout today And I was really rooting for him uh, to make the Calgary Flames Because as long as he's out there There's this twinge of anxiety The Ottawa Senators? What did I just say? The Calgary Calgary Flames? Flames? Close, it's close (laughs) It's nearby Hearst 
I don't know my. Good call, We got like this. Where, where Claude Giroux okay. is from. Damn it. I can't believe I did that. Anyway, <laughs> I was really rooting for him to make that team because as long as he's out there, there will be this twinge of anxiety that he'll somehow end up in orange and black. He played in 232 of a possible 246 regular season games with the Flyers over the last three seasons. And these were the three years Ron Hextall was the GM, and all we just kept hearing was, just wait, it'll be fine, we're just waiting on the kids. Ron, we waited. We waited, and I think we were good boys and girls in our waiting. We just kept saying, you know, it'll be fine, this'll... Don't count me down. You've got one it's minute. It's tying into no, we the all, show. We all agreed that we got one minute. It ties into the show. No. We, this ugh. is the year it has to happen. This is the light at the end of the tunnel. We are exiting the tunnel. And that is what tonight's show is about, Steph. It's about exiting the tunnel. We are now in the light. I mean, we can fight about this later, but you agreed to the rules. I'm just saying. Rules are rules, Rules Bill. are rules. You agreed to them. <laughs> you the were, you were there when they were created. You agreed. This is the dumbest rule ever. <laughs> so now we spend 10 minutes arguing about our own rules. Let's I talk about the defense that was log minutes. jam. I like I your face. No, I, I want to argue about the rules. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to the defense in a second. I just have a quick question I thought of right before we started. Hmm? Who starts opening night? It better be Brian <laughs> Elliott, or I swear to God. What's his full name? Badass motherfucker Brian Elliott. There you go. And he needs to be the starter on this team. It'll be Michael Neuvert. It's going to be. It's going to be Michael Neuvert. It's absolutely yeah. going to be. I'm fully expecting it to be Neuvert. Jesus Christ. Right? Like, they went out and signed. It's still Dave Haxtell. Come yeah. on. They it's absurd, out, right, though? Like, they that's out, dumb. They went out and signed Brian Elliott, and it's basically the same contract as Neuvert, but for a little more. And he's more of a workload kind of starter than Neuvert is. And Neuvert was absolutely terrible next year, or last year. But I just have this feeling it's Neuvert. Yeah. All right. It will be. The coaching staff loves the guy. I mean, maybe they just, maybe, they maybe they'll really learn do. to love Brian Elliott, too. But at this point, like, if they could go through the entirety of last season and still be convinced that Michael Neuvert is good, I don't know what he could do to possibly churn their opinions. Oh, around. God, that's a D- fair point. Because we kept hearing last year that the team loves Neuvert. Could that just be the... They just like him. They just like playing in front of him. Maybe I I do not accept that as uh, like that's unacceptable to me. It's Gudis's brother-in-law. Like it's just the way she goes. Okay, cool. Like Like, hang out and have beers. (laughs) Fill up the piss jugs. Like I don't care. But you don't. You don't get to pick your starter based on the guy that everybody likes because he's a nice cartoon mouse face. I mean, we've been been saying it for years that the team never played hard in front of Steve Mason. So maybe maybe they didn't. I never bought that. Well, no, of course. But it's it's a narrative. It's, you know, you you decide on a thing and then you watch for confirmation bias. Put the C on Neuvert. Um, Don't give them ideas, Bill. (laughs) But we talked about how Steve Mason had a baby at the beginning of last year and that could be why he started off slow. Brian Elliott also had a baby beginning of last year. Started off slow. Guess who had a baby in the Uh-oh. off season? Michael Neuvert. Hmm. Did you know that babies ruin hockey careers? <laughs> it's true. It's babies true. ruin everything. Don't have babies, babies if you want to be a professional life ruiners. hockey player. You just never have I'm a just, baby. I'm just saying, if he starts out slow, get ready right. to play. It was my goal. I wanted to move from the back forward. So now to that blue hey. line log jam. Eight guys left. Eight guys fighting for... Hot damn! Eight guys fighting for six spots plus a seat in the press box. Who's going to be left? Is it going to be Travis? You know what's funny, though? It's not really a logjam when you just evaluate (laughs) talent (laughs) and then pick the most talented players. Right. So when you look at it for what it is, 
it's three really talented rookies, a, a veteran. Oh, unless you let's say two veterans. Let's call Gosses Bear a veteran. Yeah. Provorov, who is a, a rock solid number one defenseman going into his sophomore season, and then two guys. Yeah. Guy. Yeah, guy. You, you've you've got guy th- and guy. You basically got three tiers. You got the three guys who should be locks, as you mentioned, Provorov, Gosses, Bear, Gudis. You have three rookies who are trying to break down the door, and then you have Manning and McDonald. And the <laughs> trash question, poop. The question is whether <laughs> you know you're really going to hold back one of those three rookies to hold on to one of Manning or McDonald. Manning really isn't blocking anybody because no. we talked about this on a show before. They'll have no problem using him as a seven. Yeah, it's the idea that if McDonald is up here, they're not gonna sit him. But I have to believe they have. Why they talked because Ron Hextall said. If somebody comes in and wins a job, they'll get that job, just like Provorov did last year, just like Konechny did last year. You know, you have very selective moments where you trust GM. So most of the time you say it's just GM speak. Don't trust them. Don't listen to what they're saying. But when they say something that you like... You trust it completely. When they oh, say snap. something that I've seen proven. Gossip when, when in the world has Ron Hextall ever been like, all right, well, we're going to waive this guy that's making $6 million. And- Two years ago when he did it. He was trash for the entirety of last season. He played in the AHL two years ago but for a majority of the season. On the top pairing I was last say, year. Last That's, year he yeah. was a number two defenseman and he was absolute garbage. That's the coach's problem. Well, Yeah, but at, the, mm, at some point... No, if, if if Hexel really, really thought that McDonald was as bad as we think he is, they you, don't. You, you would think that he would have went to Hexel and said, "Hey, maybe take him off the top bear." But I agree, he doesn't. They don't think McDonald is bad as we think as, as we think McDonald is, which is problem. hence the problem. Yeah. yeah, but I just I can't, I look at Travis Sanheim, who yeah he's coming along defensively, but as an offensive defenseman to come in and have three goals and score them against Tuka Rask. And goddamn, and Henrik, Henrik Lund- Lundqvist. And Henrik Lundqvist. What else could he possibly do? No, that's about it. He's, he's he, made he could, it unbelievable. He could have. He could have yeah. gone for the hat trick. And he, he and Ron Hextall. But, but Hextall wouldn't put him out during overtime. So. <laughs> and Ron Hextall said we could have easily sent someone down in the beginning. And when Sandheim got off to that shaky start, we all sat here and said, "All right, this will be the excuse to keep McDonald up, to keep Manning as the seven, and then kind of." Just go with business as usual, and the two rookies we expect to make it will make it. But then when Hextall says, everyone's here because they deserve to be here, and then Sanheim does bounce back and have these couple of really good games, I have to believe he's going to make this team. Why keep him around otherwise? Why create this distraction unless you're expecting it to end with him making the team? To me, the logical move, and this is setting aside our preconceived notions of their opinions of McDonald and Manning and everything. The logical move here is you you get the three on the team, you send Manning down, or you park him on injured reserve because he is coming off, off back surgery in the offseason. Maybe you say, okay, you're hurt. Sit out for three weeks and get better. And then use McDonald as a seven. Like, that's the logical thing. You still keep McDonald around for that veteran presence that they seem to care about so much, <clears throat> and he's there if one of the, the rookies slip. That makes the most sense. And I would be fine with that, but I just don't see them parking him in the that's, press box. That's the problem. Not playing. Yeah. Exactly. Like, and this <clears throat> is where, if that were to happen, we may actually see if there is a disconnect between Hexall and Hexall and how they view McDonald. Because I cannot imagine that Hexall would do that with the assumption that McDonald is going to work his way back into the lineup very quickly. Because like over who over who exactly so if Hexel were to do that 
and then three games into the year, McDonald's back into the lineup, then you're like, okay, there's there's something going on here where Hextall thinks this guy isn't that good, and Hextall totally disagrees. All right, and this is what I this is that brings me to my next point, Charlie. Is okay. We're we're going to talk about the forwards in a second, but we know that that log jam at the bottom of the lineup is basically like you know five six guys fighting for four spots essentially. Mm-hmm. And all right, what if? They wave a couple of forwards, keep eight defensemen, and extend the competition through the beginning of the regular season. And then before Halloween, we have resolution. I mean, you could do that, but that just kicks the can down the road. You still can only play six guys in one game. Who's sitting? Are you sitting a rookie every game? Are you sitting Manning and McDonald every game? Yeah, I don't like that at all. But if you're doing that, then why not just send one of them down? Well, well... You know, someone might claim Brandon Manning on waivers, and that would be a disaster. So, Charlie, you brought up in our Slack chat the other day the possibility that they could trade Rodko Gudis. Do you think that's a thing that could happen? I, I don't think it's going to happen, but I do like he's the one that you could trade. Yeah, like he's the one where if you're looking, if you're looking to clear a logjam, and you're like, trade okay, good one, I want to, I want to make a yeah. trade and actually get something back. Right. Yeah, like okay. you'll you'll get value back for Rodko Gudis. You're not getting value back for Andrew McDonald. If he's I don't the even think you could trade him. Like well, I don't. Yeah. Maybe not now. I think you can trade him. Maybe not at the moment when everybody's trying to fit, like fill out their rosters yeah. and they're making big moves. But like I think you know midway through the season, if they retain a lot of money, they could probably. Oh well, yeah, I guess if they retain right. money. So that brings us to the question: What do you expect to happen, and what do you want to happen? I, we all know what we want to happen. I, that's a dumb question. We want the six that we want. We want Mc, either Manor McDonald yeah. waved and the other one in the press box. What do you expect to see? Which rookies do you expect in three, two, one? Mm. I expect Andrew McDonald to be on this roster next Wednesday, and I expect that Travis Tra- Travis. I don't know why. Travis. I, just, I don't know where I just got that accent from. I expect Travis, Travis Sandheim to start with the Phantoms, Ugh. even though he shouldn't, and then he'll be up maybe in like a month or two. That's so, what I'm expecting. It's not what I want. It's what I'm expecting. Last week, <clears throat> last week I thought there was maybe at best a 10% chance that Sanheim makes it onto the team along with um, Moran and Haig. Then he had the, the week that he's had, and now I think it's probably closer to, I don't know if I was going to put a percent on it. I, I, if I say 50-50, it's, it's kind of... Not giving an answer, right? <laughs> um, I, I think that there's there's a much higher chance. Like I, I'd even say, like sixty percent chance that he makes this team. When you think about it, it, it everything's it would, really fifty fifty. I mean, it's, it either happens or it doesn't, it's and that's true. that's how it goes. Um, I I really like what I really need to see, and this this is all right. Let's let's do this. Let's let's lean in, Ron Hexall. I'm now challenging you, like. Show me, show me that you're ballsy. Like, actually, wave Andrew McDonald and and make this your team. Let's do it, sexy. Like, that's that's I like it, it because that's because that's, like that's what it. has to happen. It's keep playing safe is keeping Andrew McDonald. Like, fucking do it. Make your mark. This is your team. What if? Because we've penciled in. We've always basically since the beginning of this off season and looking forward to what they were going to do. We've said, you know, Moran and Haig are going to be here. Sanheim has to fight for his spot. Based on play, how would you rank those three? Um, I guess I'll go first. So, okay, actually, let me clarify here. Are you saying based on just play in preseason? Preseason play. So we're, we're, not, we're not accounting for who we actually believe is the best defenseman and who would be the best defenseman over the course of an 82-game season. That's right. Just if you're evaluating 
going into the season. That's tough. Who has played the best? Who has won the job of those three? Do you want me to go first, Charlie? I I'll go I first. Okay. Answer. I'll say um <clears throat> I'll say Sanheim and Haig. I, I think Sanheim and Haig have, have been the two most impressive consistently. I think Sanheim in the beginning had the poor start, but he's been so good this week. He's made up for it. I, I would, and I think Haig has done every little thing that I wanted to see him do. He's done. I'm not, it's not to say Moran hasn't been good. I think Moran has been very good, but Moran has made more mistakes that have concerned me. So I would say Sanheim and Haig I put on the team. Um, I, I, if, if I'm ranking them, who has impressed me the most in preseason? Number one is Robert Haig. I, I think that everything everything that he's done has been solid. It, it's been confident. And he has, if not elevated the play of his defensive partner, he's at least complimented their play. So elevated when he's playing with garbage and complimented the style of, of actually skilled defense. I was really impressed with him uh, paired with Provorov. I liked that pairing more than I thought I would. That's just a good, solid pairing. I was obsessed with the Ghost Haig pairing, and and then Provorov Haig ha- happened. Like really, mm-hmm. anybody that you put him with that is not Andrew McDonald, he looks fantastic. Yeah, that's. I mean, he's kind of been like consistently up here, as opposed to the other guys who have had some highs, but they've also had a lot of lows. So I, I yeah, I just Haig is my answer as well, just because he's been so consistently good, and maybe not as flashy but definitely impressive and steady, and, and that's exactly what we need on our defense. So who's, both of you, who's your second? My, my second would be Sam Moran. Okay. Um, I, I mean, we know what we're getting out of him, and, and he is not as polished as Haig, and I think that that's also kind of to be expected because he still doesn't quite know what to do with all of his body. Um and he got into a fight, which I hate to see <laughs> because I really don't want him fighting. Um, I was and, so happy, <laughs> but you you have to you have to put him with somebody who's more skilled. Like and he you, beat up Farnham, like that's awesome. I mean, he's taking after Belmar, yeah. So future captain, and, um, and Farnham went after him. It wasn't like Moran, oh, yeah. it wasn't like yeah, Moran, no, Moran sought him out. Right, Moran, he took right. the there fight is, and yeah. then ended it. There is that. Um, it, so. I, I really I like what I've seen out of him. He's been what I've expected, and he's been a little bit better. I didn't expect him to to score any goals, and he did. Um, and Sanheim, the only reason that he's not one, and I think I think I think everybody knows how much I love my Travi, hmm. but he did. He had a really rough start to camp, uh, where he was in his head and trying to do too much. And I just didn't really see that out of the other two. If you were to ask me, if you were to tell me only two of those guys can make it, I would, despite his three years in the AHL and me just saying he's ready, he's ready, Haig would be the guy I'd send back to start. Really? I would have Moran and I would have Sanheim on the team. Really? Yeah. Please to explain this reason? I just, roll. Okay. Uh, Sanheim. You know what you're. You have that offensive spark. He's a young, great skater. He can he can play uh, in the offensive zone and do his thing. Sanheim, or and then of course Moran, penalty killing. We need we need somebody to kill those penalties. Yeah, we fair. need somebody on the back end. I love the physical presence. I want to protect the goaltender for the first time in years. And then Haig, I want him up. I wish we were gonna keep all three. I really hope that's what's gonna happen. I'm hoping against hope. Like, you just see it. Like I said in the beginning, we've been told there's light at the end of the Ooh. tunnel this whole time. We're exiting the tunnel. Just yeah. give us all three. Enough already. But if I had to put money on it, 
I don't think we're going to get all three. You know, no, I, I didn't realize that I was very, very against Robert Hay going back to Lehigh Valley, but until you said it, and I am. I, I'm very against that I'm happening. against it because I don't want to lose him. A guy, And I know we hate narrative and the whole the compete thing. We don't know how like, dedicated he is and all that crap. But to send a guy back who has been a good soldier and spent three years in the AHL, I'd hate to potentially crush his confidence in that way. But of the three, I think that's the guy I would send back I, if I had to send see, I think back. he's the most ready. I think he's the most done. I think he's definitely, out of the three of them, I think he is the most steady and reliable the thing that super gets on my nerves is that when i rank them one two and three three to me doesn't mean that he should not be on this that's the problem oh no they should all all three of them yeah like it's not i don't understand how it's a question it's very frustrating three of the best six we all know that those three are better than manning and mcdonald yeah absolutely that is fairly confident it's, it's, it's 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 obvious if you've been watching the games, it's obvious, which is why I'm still hoping Hextall is going to be true to his word that the best six will play. I just, the, mm. you've been hearing, I think over the past couple of days especially, like you've been hearing the wins sort of maybe rolling against Haig because, you know, Sanheim's had the big week. Moran, Sanheim and Moran are more visible defensemen. Yes. They're always going to be. Sanheim is an amazing skater. He's an offensively oriented guy. He can jump into the play like almost no one no defense I've ever seen can do because he has these instincts and his physical ability is amazing. Second goal was and then, incredible. But then you have then you have Moran, who's also incredibly visible. He's going to make plays that make you stand up out of your seat and cheer because that's his game. It's almost like people are penalizing Haig because he's not being something he's not. That like, yeah, yeah, that like, like I, I get that impression that it's like, well, well, Hay hasn't stood out, like, but he's not going to. Yeah. Like that's, that's not him. Mm-hmm. How can we? How can you penalize him for not? All Hexall said this entire preseason has been, we want the guys to do what they're good at. Robert Haig has done what he's good at, and he's done what he's good at very well. Haig yep. is like your right guard. You don't even want to hear his name. That's <laughs> the thing. I've said that a million <laughs> yeah. times. The Some of the best defensemen, defensive defensemen, you don't even notice that they're on the ice because they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're not making a mistake. They're just getting the job done, and that's not a flashy thing. That's not something that gets your name called by the play-by-play guy. You're just doing your job. And you need yeah. that on the back end. I don't even. I, I I've been struggling this week with the terms offensive defenseman and defensive defenseman. I know that's how they're categorized. But it's how they're listed in the video game. Damn it. Well, <laughs> you know, everyone's got to stay true to what is it? EA Sports. EA Sports. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Um, but Robert Haig. I mean, he's a pretty balanced two way defenseman. He jumps up into the rush and he's. Fast. He's no. just not going to score a lot. No, but I, 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 I agree. That, yeah, I agree. He's not just a stay-at-home guy, right? But he's got a lot more defense than I'd even say than Ghost right now. But that oh, doesn't yeah. mean that that doesn't mean that he is a defensive defenseman. I think he's pretty well balanced, and that's like those are the only words that I can say about him is that he's steady and balanced. But like, isn't that what you want your defense yes. to be? <laughs> Outside of Provorov, he might be the most complete three-zone player. Yeah. On, no. the, on, I mean, the, we'll, on the back end. We'll see. Like, I, I don't want to. So far. I, I'm excited. I don't want to get too excited. Skill set wise. <laughs> well, maybe not he, we're not saying wise. he's going to be yeah. the next Provorov. Yeah. <laughs> but. No, no, no. He's not a number one defenseman. I like no. the pairing with Provorov. Skill set wise, the things he's going to be able to do, I think he might have the most complete game of everyone except Provorov of the six that they have. Yeah. Yeah. Eight that they have. But then also, I mean, Travis Sanheim is. And I love Radko Gudis. Right. Um, you do. 
So he's, he's, Confirmed. he's the, the offensive defenseman. And yes, he's lacking in some of his defensive skills, but he's not bad. Nah. You know, he's he's not bad defensively. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm struggling with these terms this week. I, what I do want to uh, what I do want to point out, though, and this kind of goes back to the conversations we've had last week and just want to highlight like just how good Travis Sanheim has been. Oh, this past hot day. Like, yes. You, you are seeing why. I mean, I've always viewed Haig and Moran as basically like I'm expecting them to be third pair NHL defensemen. I'm hoping they're second pair defensemen. You saw this past week why Travis Sanheim can be a top pair defenseman mm-hmm. in this league. Like he can do so much that most defensemen can't. If we don't, if Provorov doesn't basically fall to them because that was a good draft, uh, you're looking at Travis Sanheim as your number one defenseman. Yeah. Like that's that's the way this all plays out now, and it just so happens we went and got Ivan Provorov, <laughs> and that really worked out. That was nice. All right, do we want to move to the forward yet? Let's do it. Forward time. Forward battle. Uh, Mike Vecchioni is a. Uh, as Charlie pointed out in the open, uh, was sent down to the Phantoms today. Bye bye, Mike. Yeah, bone shown. Have fun in Allentown. <laughs> it was. Uh, it's a numbers game. He'll get his. He'll get his chance eventually. And I like. You know. First injury nobody call knew, up. Nobody knew that they were getting Nolan Patrick. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a bummer for him, but for us, you know, I get to watch Nolan Patrick here. So that's just the way that goes. How do we see this shaking out well, now? Well, let's talk about Vecchioni because. Vex. I, I mean. Nobody forced him to sign this contract that he signed after Nolan Patrick happened. Like nobody forced that to happen. Was he? he oh, just, really? The collective bargaining. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I agree to a point, but he was an RFA, so the only way he could have gotten out of it was basically could go to the Flyers and say, "I don't want to play for you anymore." Yeah. And I'm not sure how other teams would have taken yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. No, that would. I mean, he could have forced. Well. He could have forced a trade, but then you would have had teams saying he's a malcontent and all that stuff. Right. It would have been the bro, you've played two games, you're asking for a trade kind of thing. <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I don't feel bad for him because, oh, okay, he scored a goal, but that probably, if if he didn't play that much in the rest of the games and and I was not looking for Mike Vecchioni so I don't actually know but he must not have shown the 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 uh coaches that's the word I'm looking for <laughs> um what they were looking for like there yeah. was definitely something lacking and I he's I think he's a fine AHL forward like he'll probably play top two lines yeah he'll be great down there it's I, fine fine by me I think truthfully what happened and again like you know, you can't really predict something like this. But I think what happened was there was one spot for a, you know, a quad A type guy who maybe can be more than that to push his way into the race. And Becky only had a good first game. Then Taylor Lear had a great first game. Yep. And then Taylor Lear jumped him, and Taylor Lear never let him pass him back. That's, we never expected Taylor. We all kind of thought the Vecchioni signing <clears throat> pushed Lear down. Did we? All? Steph Driver did, did not <laughs> think that. The general consensus was. Lear got pushed down by Vecchioni, but he appears to have jumped him now. And I like Taylor Lear. I like what he could bring to this lineup. And now we have 15 forwards left for, you know, basically 13 or 14 spots. Probably depending 14. On, probably 14. Unless they keep the eight defense. Yeah, unless they go with eight, which I don't think they're going to do. But it was an idea. It's possible. Uh, yeah. I don't, it's not it's it's worth noting because you can't totally rule out the possibility. No, but it's yeah, it's it's a possibility, but they'll probably go with 14 forwards. Who gets who who's gone? This these are the these are the 15. Well, <laughs> we have Limblom, Drew, Konechny, Wheel, Patrick Simmons, Weiss, 
Yes, Weiss, Couturier, <laughs> Voracek. I don't know now. Now I don't know what it is. No, you got that I really, right. I just don't, I have no idea. Weezy, in my Weiss, Couturier, Voracek, Philpola, Lawton, Laterra, Lear, Reed, Raffle. Those are your 15. So things Who's are, gone? aren't looking good for Matt Reed right now, are they? No. He's on the absolute pretty, bubble right now. Pretty so he's, bad. Has, he's had a rough preseason. Yeah, yes. pretty rough. I don't think he's been bad, but he hasn't stood out. Yeah, he's not outplaying a lot of people, which is probably bad for him, considering... Like, Michael Roffel, I think, for some reason came into this camp on the bubble, and he quickly was like, there's no way I'm going to be on this Go, bubble. say it. Say I, it. I, I, oh, my God. All right, so I, I started writing in, in our outline with my rage fingers, <laughs> and, and I, I just, I don't, I don't understand how Michael Roffel became a question mark. Steph like, was basically I, yelling at me in the outline I just, was. For, just for saying, I'm not, I have it yeah. there, like, I don't agree with it, but this appears to be what's happening. Roffel is on this bubble somehow. Well, well I, I freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, just, I just don't understand how this happened. So, the majority of his Flyers career, which is his entire NHL career, has been spent on the fucking top line. The majority. Is now, this now true? This, this is an asterisk. I did not check. I don't actually know. <laughs> it feels like it was the but majority. But it feels like it, right? Like, it's got to be at least 50%. It's got to be. Um, I think we looked this up a couple weeks ago, and it was like even... Because two years ago, he absolutely yeah. was. Right. And then last season, even, he spent way more time a lot with Drew and Vorchek than, right. than I even yeah. remembered. It was like a third of his ice time or something. Yeah, it was just that two. first year where he was yeah. in the bottom six most of the year. But yeah, the, the when last he was two just years. A call, he was just a signee that we didn't know anything about. Yeah. Right. So... It 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 is it astounds me that after all this time spent on on the Flyers' top wing and, and, and oh Jesus I can't even talk because I'm I'm so mad so he's been on G's wing for at least half of his NHL career and and obviously underappreciated because people don't think that he scores enough but that's not quite the type of forward that he is. Now, because people don't know how to evaluate defense, because, you know, points is all that counts in this league. And plus minus. And plus minus, for fuck's sake. Um, he's on the bubble, and, and he's become a question mark, and, and everyone believes that he's just going to be rotating in and out of the press box. Like, come the fuck on. No, he's not. I have a solution to all of this. Oh? Oh, boy. Robbie Fabry is out for the season. Trade Philpola to St. Louis. Well, that's a solid plan, William. Philpola has a no trade clause. Well, he already waived it once. Yeah, but he he used it once to not go to Toronto. I think right was it Toronto or Montreal? I don't know. One of those two he rejected. Once you waive Toronto, is it waived forever? I don't think so. I I do not believe it is. I think it holds. Yeah, but uh, trade him to St. Louis. Look, I'm totally on board. There are so many. I'm looking at. I'm looking at. I'm looking at what it's going to be in this bottom. I have the I have Weiss with Couturier. I would like Raffle in that situation, but it just looks like Weiss is a lock to make this team and play. Which is ridiculous. Inexplicably I, so. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just telling you what it appears. But, but like, thing what, what has Dale Weiss about. done? Uh, other than play, other right? than absolutely jack dick, what has contract. Dale Weiss done? Signed, Nothing. Signed a four-year contract, and he's a play driver. Damn it! I mean, is he like? Does he look, actually I'm, drive I'm, play, I'm a, Some people have have gotten on me on this. Like Dale Weiss drove play last year, and that was great, and it was a big surprise. Yeah. Before then, he hadn't. So, like, mm. I'm still on the fence whether he's actually a play driver or whether he just had a year where he happened to drive play. Works in Hackstall system. I mean, Dale Weiss is 29 system years fit. old, and he's six foot two. Right, Michael Roffel, I think he's 27. Um, I'm, I'm pulling him up. 
Ravel is absolutely better he's, than Dale. He's 20, yes. 28 and 6'1. Like he's he's physically gotten better, gotten bigger. He's super fast. Like what what are, what are you doing putting Dale Weiss in this lineup? Dave Hatchell seems don't. to like to have a little pet. Like a little <laughs> just a guy that a guy that he, us off. Yeah, that like <laughs> for some is. reason is like really super thankful that Dave Hextall's given him a role in the NHL and so it's like I don't know what's going it's for, it's Vandeville. Coach Dave listens to this show and hates us. I think Good. that's what it is. Good. Dave, we have thoughts. Please call us. <laughs> the feeling is mutual. For what it's worth though, we has kind of fallen down yeah. the rotation as the preseason has went along. Like to start the preseason and start camp, he was attached to the hip to Couturier, which made no sense. But ever since they started this Druid wing experiment, which we'll get to later, yeah. like, Weiss has dropped out of that role because then Couturier was up on line one. And Weiss has kind of been in that, like, fourth line-ish. You know, la- last night, yeah, he played with Patrick and-, and Wheel, but that was because Simmons didn't play. So, like, I'm not... Like, Weiss is going to make this team. Yeah, that- that's yeah. not a question. But I'm not sold that Weiss is, like, absolutely a top nine forward. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't... I don't know. I, I could plausibly see him in the and press if he box is, to start he's the not, year. What, was if, he, he's, if he's in the top nine, he's ninth. Was he scratched at the end of last year? Middle of last year. Middle of last middle. year. At the end of last year, he came and on he because he was with well. Couture yeah, yeah, and yeah. Shen, and that line worked. He was with two actually good players. And Roffel was hurt. Yeah. Well, that, that, again, goes back to why I think Roffel was behind the eight ball to start preseason, because they started scoring at the end of the year. He wasn't on the team. And I think that got the coaches to think, oh, we don't actually need this guy. And then, well, to, to, But to Roffel's credit... Once the preseason started, it only took a couple games before they were like, okay, we were wrong, you're, you're, yeah. you're a lock. Which was good, which is what it should have been, because he's a good player, and he went out and proved and reminded them that he's a good player. Well, hey, remember me? Yeah. Well, the reason that they started scoring at the end of last year had a lot more to do with Philpola than anybody else. And Wheel. And, and Wheel. And, yeah. and Wheel. Yeah. The, the, I just, the, reason, the main reason I want to move Philpola is, one, just to have these complete lines and everything, but I look at Lawton, Laterra, Lear, Reed, Roffel, and we'll throw Weiss in there. Guys who could be rotating in positions, maybe not even rotating in and out of the press box, but kind of a fluid uh, bottom five or six forward situation. Uh, I just don't think Philpola fits that mold. Like, if he's going to be on the... T- what is his role on this team? I, and he's I never guy, liked I that liked, we got him in the first place. I liked it way more than anyone else on this panel, but now... I look at their roster situation, and I just don't see where he fits at all. I grew into it because I started to kind of get the the understanding of, like, okay, well, they needed a third-line center. I didn't want to give four years to Nick Benino, so, okay, let's get Valtteri Filippola for one year, stopgap third-line center, we'll survive that year, and whatever. Then Nolan Patrick happened, and then you're in a situation where you didn't really need a third-line center because you got one. You got Nolan Patrick, and Nolan Patrick appears to be NHL ready. So now you're like, all right, well, what do we do with Valtteri Filippo? And that's been kind of an underrated question that's kind of underlying the entire preseason. Like, you almost wonder, and this is a concern of mine, that one of the reasons why they're trying the Druid wing thing is because they want to use Filippo at center. And it's like, I don't want to, like, if... The top three centers on this team should be Claude Giroux, Sean Gattieri, and Nolan Patrick. I don't really care where Valtteri Filippo falls in. No, and that's part of my thinking is that when... When the Nolan Patrick thing all happened and we started talking about how this team looked once they got three competent centers when Philpola came, it was exciting. Oh, here's a young one who's big and he actually can score a little. All right, this could be a good thing. But now this Giroux to wing experiment, and I guess we'll get into that now, 
it seems to be fixing a problem that wasn't a problem until you made it one. It, like having yeah. those having Giroux, Couturier, and Simmons or I'm sorry, Giroux, Couturier, and Patrick down the middle in your top three lines. It's good. That's the strength of this team right now. Having three good centers is good. And now Lawton looks like he's gonna be a good fourth line center. So you pencil him in there and Latera can play some center. I just don't understand why you need Philpola to be a center if it weakens the team as a whole. <laughs> It feel, like this entire thing fills me with rage. It's like, and it's very flyers to finally have four centers that are good, and then say, "Yeah, can we fuck with this a little bit? Let's put our top two center on wing in favor of Valtteri Filppula." Like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> how, how is this a choice that we're making? It's it's inexplicable to me. And it's making me insane. I don't like Drew on the wing. It's it was like a fun thing to do in a preseason game, but the idea of it being a permanent thing, no, I'm not on board with this at all. I yeah, I just I'm not gonna freak out yet because we still don't know how it's gonna be used. Like it's been used in preseason, but when you're gonna when you want to test things out in preseason, it doesn't necessarily mean that Drew is on the wing for the year. Drew is even on the wing for the first week or month or whatever. I like the idea, and I've said this in a couple of my articles in The Athletic, I like the idea of using it late in games, down by a goal or two, you need offense. Shorten right, the bench. All right, let's stack the first line. Let's roll them out there. Because when they've been on the attack in preseason, they looked really good. It's just been in the neutral zone and especially in the defensive zone where things have kind of went wrong. I like that. That's fine. Let's, let's use our best players when you're trailing. But to use it for a whole game... As Bill said, it messes with your with what should be a strength of your team. I want to see if Claude Drew can have a bounce back year playing his normal position. Yes. I don't want him to be worrying about, okay, well, I have to live up to the expectations of my contract. I have to have a better year than last year, and I also have to learn a brand a whole new position to start the year. Like, let's figure out what we have in Claude Drew with before giving up on him at center. It's just that 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 annoys me and I hope that's not the route they're going to take because you have the ability to roll Giroux, Couturier, Patrick to start the year. Like, that's really cool, and let's let's take advantage of it. Let's not throw Valtteri Filppula in as the third-line center because he has to play center. Like, yeah. why, why do we have so much invested in Valtteri Filppula? Yeah, that's <laughs> the thing that's annoying. Like, if we were moving Claude Giroux to wing because we thought Claude Giroux would be really good at wing, that would be one thing, but that doesn't seem to be why it's happening. They're doing it to shoehorn in another center, which is very stupid. It's just not smart and to me. Like, Philpola, again, I think he's a useful player in a, in a top three center role, and there just isn't one for him yeah. here. Yeah. I just, I, like, I don't, I don't get it. I do not get this experiment. And like Charlie said, I liked, I wanted to see what it looked like, and I do believe, like, I saw some stuff on Twitter and online about people complaining, well, who's going to shoot? Who's going to do this and this? And I just see, like, you don't beat goalies with shots anymore. Like, unless you're Travis Sanheim absolutely burying one the other <laughs> night. Like, that would have beat Woody. Like, that would have beat... Uh, it, it, he just picked a corner. That would have beat anybody. That was an amazing shot. But you beat goalies with puck movement now, and a Giroux, Voracek, Couturier line could have some decent puck movement using one of your offensive defensemen as well, almost like a pseudo-power play with that kind of talent out there. But I well, don't well, like yes, it as a but plan you still, a. you still need somebody to shoot the puck. Like well, That's still how the puck gets into the net, and none of those guys do that. 
I mean, they, they all can shoot. Well, they and, all can, but and, they don't. And if you're looking at an open net, I mean, generally speaking, the guy's going to put it in if there's a great passing play. Well, Voracek was looking at an open net the other night and just decided to skate away. When, <laughs> when He just decided to skate out of shooting position when Giroux got the puck back to well, him. But, you know, we'll get that's there. what this team likes to do um, sometimes. I, I, I may have missed this part of the conversation, um, but... Um, what are you doing over there? A lot of stuff. Um... I, I, I hate Giroux at wing right now. I'm not going to hate Giroux at wing when Nolan Patrick is his center. That's fair. Okay. No, and that's a thing you look at. Like, yes, I do believe at some point Cla- Claude Giroux is a no-move clause, and he's already like approaching 30. He's going to be moved to wing at some point in his career. Probably. I, I, I don't see the need for it now. Right, and that's it. Now, I hate it. If Nolan Patrick is truly a number one center, and Drew is still a playmaker, but can't get it done in the face-off circle anymore, can't get some of this, can't get some of the dirty work done, all right, you think about it. I don't see it happening yet, and I want to see him bounce back, like Charlie said. So you mentioned Nolan Patrick. Let's let's do a little backtrack here. Okay. Because mm-hmm. we never really talked about what our view of the, the forwards trying to make the team are. We talked a little bit about Matt Reed, but... Right now, it seems like there's two questions that are that are facing the Flyers right now, and it's number one: it's are Patrick and Limblom going to make the team? And yes. then if the answer is yes, then okay, who's making it, Lear or Reed, in that last spot? So I guess start with the first question: we all think that Patrick and Limblom are making this team, right? Yes, locks. Yes, asterisk. So I think Uh-oh. that if Limblom doesn't make the team, I. I I, I, don't, I don't know what yeah, they're looking same. at because he is absolutely NHL ready and he's been one of the best players on the ice every single night that he's played. Nolan Patrick, also very, very good. Obviously NHL ready. God, Hex, he makes me nervous. The way they talk about Nolan Patrick um, making subtle plays and how he does stuff you don't notice, he does little things so well you do actually notice. <laughs> it's true. And maybe like it's because I'm looking for it and I'm like, all right, he didn't score the goal, but he did this and this. But like he'll just make a drop pass that's like a beautiful drop pass. It's not just like he left it for the guy. He put it right on his tape. Uh, I'm enamored with. He's kind of good. I'm enamored with the little things. I can, I I was comparing him to. Uh, I was talking to a Sixers fan the other night and I was like, you know how you talk about those little passes you saw Ben Simmons making in that summer league? That's what I'm seeing him do. Just this this little subtle stuff that is just it, they're veteran plays. He's gonna. He's going to have an explosive offensive game soon. I just hope it comes before the end of the preseason because I don't want... They were talking about how we're not going to deal in hypotheticals and we want to actually see it happen. And, like, yeah, like, scoring chances aren't hypothetical. It's just it, the puck didn't go in. It's going to. You get enough scoring chances, you'll score. Well, the thing is that we're we're now a week away from the, the start of the season, and he's still here. Yeah. So, like... I, I care a little bit less now about the idea of, like, well, we need to see it. Well, clearly you've seen yeah, something I mean, because he's still here. If they were really that concerned about it, he would have got sent back to Brandon already. So I They th- already have a captain. I was not saying. Yeah, like, yeah. I, 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 I feel yeah. like— They're done with him. You know, they're it, like, nah, we don't want him. But, like, it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned, you know, I, I want him to have that one game preseason. Like, honestly, at this point— I'd rather him not. I'd rather yeah. him have that one game First in game night, one. Yeah, like, like, what was Kelly? Didn't you say that Patrick Liney didn't have a goal in preseason last year? Uh, it wasn't me that said that, but somebody said somebody that. said that, and, and then like true. it was you, Kelly. It was me. I said it. <laughs> and then like immediately his first things. game, he was killing it. Like, yeah. I'd be cool if Nolan Patrick did that. Yeah, and he probably will. Like, let's be realistic here. Him not scoring a goal in the preseason is not in any way indicative of his talents scoring goals. So, I don't. What know. about Limblom? 
What about him? So there was that. Actually, sorry. I'm nervous about him making the team. Oh, he's I, making the team. Yeah, I see it. I see he belongs, and I just look at it and think, will they instead of sending like instead of waving a Matt Reed because they apparently don't like to do that to veterans, send Lynn Blomdale? No, get out of here. No, because all right. So number one, Kelly talking to the sorry. microphone. Number two, um, you don't you don't sacrifice the development of 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 a, of a future guy who's going to help you make the push to the playoffs and to the cup for a guy who's on the last year of his deal and you're not going to re-sign him. You, you just don't do that. I mean, yes, the veteran thing and the loyalty and whatever, but you're not going to sacrifice Lindblom for Matt Reed. Like, maybe Taylor Lear for Matt Reed, but not Lindblom. I just... One would hope. I just think he's earned it. Like, it, yeah, it, it, also it, in, all, in all honesty, like, that's all it comes down to for me. If he, if I didn't believe he earned his way on this team, I'd be like, yeah, send him down. It's fine. You know, a month in the AHL isn't going to kill a kid. He's been good. And he had that weird thing this weekend where they were using him on the scratch line, and then you were getting some like, well, he needs to be a little bit better. He needs to elevate his game. And then last night, he did that. He scored a goal. Granted, it wasn't like a highlight real goal, but his goals are a lot of his goals are not going to be highlight real goals. And They're going to be like that. And then from a puck possession standpoint, like his course, he was over eighty percent. Like it's preseason, but literally the other team never had the puck when he was that out. That sounds there. high. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, again, I fully believe he deserves it. And applying the same logic that we did to the defenseman, if you ask me, who are the twelve best forwards? Patrick and Lindblom both fall into that category. They're in the top nine. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Absolutely. not just 12. As, no, fa- yeah. as far as I'm concerned, they're in the top five, <laughs> probably top three. No, I, I fully agree with you guys. I'm just as optimistic as I am about the defense. I'm, pessimi- I'm pessimistic about the forwards because, like, for some reason, Michael Roffel was on the bubble when this camp That started. was weird. I don't yeah. know what they're looking at. That's, I don't know I, what they're looking at either. Uh, Steph, you give me those eyes. Like, I'm, like I'm the one making these decisions. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not defending it. I'm telling you when I... I, I, I'm nervous about it. This is what gives me anxiety. Like I said in my open, the Chris Vandevelde syndrome. I just watched him play 236 games in three years. I was there. I, yep. I, 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 it gives me pause. I just, I, I really do believe, if, if, we, if we think that Patrick and Limbaugh are going to make the team, I do, the question really then becomes... Reader Lear and and they both have they're the same player yeah, they, they both have justifications as to why they should stay I mean Reed isn't going to get claimed Lear probably isn't going to get claimed but Reed comes with a track record of driving play Lear doesn't have much of a track record at all Lear is also a lot younger Lear theoretically has higher upside than what Reed can provide this year so what you run into in this in this situation in my mind is do we really think that they will put Taylor Lear on the team if he's not in the opening night lineup, no. Does he like? Does with Reed? All Reed has to do is be the fourteenth forward, right? Does Lear have to be the twelfth forward to make the team? Yes. Yeah, I think he does. I, I don't think I don't think that they're going to keep Taylor Lear or Scott Lawton for that matter in the press box yeah. when they could be getting top line minutes in Lehigh Valley. I would agree with Stephanie's analysis, even though neither of them are waivers exempt. Correct. I agree with you about Lawton. I don't know. I don't know if they view Lear's upside like he's developed. Yeah, I think once he was he was the AHL MVP. Yeah, I, I think it A- wouldn't all star MVP. Yeah, yeah. I it wouldn't. Just missing a couple words in there. It's fine. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if he is a uh, 
Nick Cousins type where they're cool playing him 65 games and he sits down sometimes. Yeah, I mean, if mm. if they're okay with Taylor Lear making the team and not playing in game one, I think there's a very, very good chance Taylor Lear wins this battle with Matt Reed. Okay. But if they need Lear to show that he can play on that fourth line, which seems like it's going to be with Lawton and Roffle, if that was the whole point of last night's game, if he needs to prove that, I don't know if he proved that. I don't know if he... I don't know if he proved that he deserves to be on the line more than like a Yuri Laterra or Weiss or whoever. Like I don't know. I don't know. It's harder. It's a Letera's lot. It's a lot harder. Me. I think Laterra's it... spot on this roster is killing me. Who? If it wasn't for Yuri Laterra, <laughs> all this would shake out right. Well, Yuri you know Letera they had to go and get rid of Brin Chen, <laughs> the only the guy who scored wrench. on the power play because they don't do that anymore. They'll I think get the it. thing with Lear is it kind of depends on where the front office has decided he's going to fall. Like if they feel that he's still a forward in development that could possibly be a regular NHLer, then I think they're not going to want to sit him in the press box. However, if they feel that he is just a fill-in, a call-up, and an AHL guy for the most part, then they're probably fine sitting him in the press box. But I guess it depends on what they've decided he's going to be. And I don't think we know that. I don't think they know that yet. They either, probably to be don't. Yeah. I mean, they, they know what they want him to be. I don't think they know. They know what, truth, I don't think they know what any of these rookies really are. <laughs> but I, I feel like Do Lear's been around enough that you kind of have decided, are we going to spend the time developing True. this guy into an NHL player, or do we think that his ceiling is low enough that we just don't care anymore? And he can fill in when necessary, but we're yeah. fine with him sitting in the press box. Yeah, it comes down to whether you view his ceiling as middle six or if you view his ceiling as fourth line. Right. Yeah. Um, nice fourth line. That's what. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Not not the Vandevelde Belmar. No. 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 no well, like I mean, a good yeah. NHL not fourth sixth line. line. An actual <laughs> yeah, sixth fourth line. line. <laughs> <laughs> That's, all right, uh, Steph. You brought up the power play. I, sure I want to talk. I want to talk about special teams now. Yeah. Let's do uh, that. This first power play unit. It is. Uh, it hasn't converted any. <laughs> it's it's. It's coming along. They're trying out different guys in different spots. And one of the things about Limblom to me is if he's going to make this team, he has a spot on the power play. That's kind of like that's one of the places you can utilize his skill set best is in that Braden Shen spot on one of the two units. I want to see him with the first unit, but you know, giving you know, top line power play minutes to rookies doesn't always happen. So if it's on the second unit and the second unit is good, that's cool. What are we seeing with the power play right now? Is Lindblom the guy in the slot? I'll jump in here. I hate Valtteri football in that position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. And and I honestly believe they're going to start the season with it because veteran. He's, well, he's a veteran and he's played there most of the preseason, but I just I don't like it. I don't like it at all for a few reasons. Number one, I don't like the idea of using a passer in a role that demands a guy who has to only think shoot. I don't like that at all. He's taken, what, like one shot in all of the opportunities he's had in the slot area in preseason games? Like, he doesn't shoot. It's just not him. He always thinks pass. Number two, Limblom is just such a better fit. He's just so much of a better fit. And I I get that they gave him the first shot, and I get that first half of that preseason game, Limlam didn't do much, but no one did anything. Like the entire unit was a disaster, and it was almost they like, hadn't practiced. Yeah, it was almost like they pinned the whole thing on Limlam. Oh, it's his fault that the, the unit's not scoring. <laughs> yeah. Not not that Giroux and Voracek can't get the damn puck into the zone to begin with. Yeah, Limblom's not there to create the entries. He's there to score the goals. I want him in Braden Shen's spot. You stand there and you shoot. That's it. 
hit Wayne Simmons in the skate, and it goes in. That's it. <laughs> That's your whole job. That's all we want from Have you. Have 60 assists. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm totally please. fine with that. So we found... Oh, go ahead, Steph. I was going to say, what about Konechny? So the problem with Konechny, and I actually I wrote an article today about this. The problem I didn't with get a chance to read it yet. I'm sorry. All good. <laughs> but the problem with Konechny in the slot is that he's a right-handed shot. Mm. And the issue there is that there's a reason why everybody they're picking is a lefty. And it's because you want to have that quick one-timer facing Giroux. If you use a righty, it takes the puck a little bit longer to get there, and the one-timer isn't as dangerous because it takes a little bit longer to develop. And I actually asked Haxtell this last Saturday. I asked him basically to confirm that, like, you guys are only picking from the lefties, right? And he's like, yeah, we're, we're, we're only going with the lefties. He's like, we could theoretically do a right-handed shot, but with the way the power play is set up now, we're, yeah, we're only picking left-handers. So you basically are left with... Obviously, Philippola, Limblom, Couturier, Raffle, Lawton. Those are like your options if you're picking forwards. Well, we found out something else exciting about the power play. Knoblock's a computer boy. Yeah, <laughs> is he? The Charlies are taking over, I folks. So Nerds. Happy. I was so happy. Yeah, connect me. Drop that little little Does tidbit of information. Does he even watch the game? <laughs> that's why they're. That's why they haven't scored. Freaking power play coach has his face down in a spreadsheet the whole time. No idea what's going on in the ice. But no, uh, I read it in your article, and I think Dave Isaac made mention of it as well. Uh, in in power play meetings, they're talking about things we've been talking about for you know since last season. How By we, you mean Charlie? Well, Charlie and all of us, uh, yeah. How they haven't been utilizing the cross-ice pass nearly as much as they were, and plays from behind the net haven't been a weapon for this team, and they probably should be, especially considering the talent that they have. It seems like they're going to utilize those. The big thing to me is that the passes and the plays, they're being quantified, and that's the key. Because Konechny straight up said that, like, yeah, this is all new. We never did this before. This is Knobloch bringing it in. And what Knobloch is doing is he's basically going to them in meetings and showing them the tape and showing them a play and saying, if we run this play... It's it has a you know twelve percent chance of becoming a goal. If we run this play, it has a three percent chance of becoming a goal. So let's do the first one more. And we we talk about how you know hockey players aren't the sharpest tool in the shed, but like they get basic numbers. They <laughs> they, get, they get the idea of like I am more likely to score if I do this versus this. Yeah. And here is a percentage that proves that. That's gonna respond. They're gonna respond to that, and that's good. That was great to hear that Knobloch is using that in meetings to justify what plays should and shouldn't be run. 12, greater than 3. More equals better than. (laughs) (laughs) Hockey players want to score. And if you tell them this is how you score, they will do it. Uh, Jordan Wheel started going to the net because that's where goals are scored. Now he's an NHL player. It's just... What now, Steph? I read an article about Jordan Wheel earlier this week. Um, Was it bad? it, It was... It was not bad. It was just painting him as this guy who has been through the ringer and, oh, and he I has got grit about. and he's got heart and that's why he's better than all of these rookies and software so, soft oh my god <laughs> sophomore level defensemen and and he's been through it all. He's seen it all. He is better than Are you Tom. happy now? Father? He has to live in Allentown. Like <laughs> who wants to do that? He still he still does not have one full NHL season under his belt. Don't tell me that he has more life experience than Travis Konechny, and that means that he is better than get the fuck out of here. Like, come on. Come on. Can I, 
Oh, go ahead, Jordan. I to do, be I, fair, that article was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I do agree that, you know, I worry that the hype train could be getting a little out of hand. With a Jordan little Wheel. out of hand. However, I he, has looked, he has looked very good in, in camp. Well, right. No, he camp. does. He does look good. And, and he is a surprising offensive weapon. But let's just slow down I agree. a little. Can someone explain to me why Couturier is still on that second power play unit? I like Sean Couturier a lot. He is not good at what they have him doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I they have him on that Giroux sure. spot on the half boards, and it, uh, <laughs> yeah, same. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know what he brings. It's to been it. years now. It has been years where that unit has failed to do a damn thing. Uh, like, if the second unit could score a little bit, even when the first unit struggles, this would be a top five power play <laughs> yeah. every year. That first, if the first power play doesn't score in the first minute fifteen, those last forty five seconds are garbage. Yeah, you just let him on fire. It's, you might as well just say let him out of the box and let's just play five on five because this is going to be embarrassing and our fans are going to start booing. <laughs> it's interesting because the the logical thought that a lot of people on Twitter and certainly not just me, a lot of people had this when they showed the the, the formation with. Patrick at net front, Katuri on the left, Provorov up top, Konechny uh, in the middle, and then um, and then Wheel on the right. The logical thought was like, oh, we'll just flip Patrick and, and, and Katuri. Then you get the right-handed shot on the left. You get Katuri at net front. And it was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I will say that I've liked Patrick at the net front because it's not just net front for him. He also then has the ability to play behind the net, and I like that. I, I think that's a cool wrinkle. Mm-hmm. He looks comfortable in front of the net, creating traffic, digging for rebounds, but I also like the fact that it allows him to be a distributor from behind the net. Yes. So I don't know if I want to switch him and Couturier. I just still don't want Couturier there. Like, is, I, I like Patrick yeah. where he is, but I don't want Couturier there. So yeah, I don't put know. someone else there. Yeah, like maybe flip him and wheel, or maybe just take Couturier off the power play entirely. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we need him on the penalty Coots kill. has need... nine power play points over the last two years. That's bad. Yeah, I think in my article last this past summer, he was like the worst primary scoring forward on the power play yeah. of like the past four years. Like he's bad. It just maybe he'd get better, but his his track record hasn't shown it. We're still good on time stuff. Yeah, I know. We've got four uh, minutes. Yeah, I j- three minutes. I like to do like an hour ten. That's I think seventy minutes is prime length. Oh boy. I think that's I think that's the exact about right 69 amount. Of time. Minutes, Something though. that could have been discussed be before nice, the Kelly. show started. I said on Monday I like to do seventy minutes. Oh boy. Remember? No. Hate no. When well, okay. <laughs> Are we gonna keep going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. talk about the PK. Penalty kill. Yeah. Sam Moran. Oh, Go ahead. All day. That's it. Just Sam. What? Just yeah, Sam. Be what, fun are they doing, what are they doing up front with the penalty kill? Are Couturier and Simmons going to be the top pair? That's a good question because I don't know. Because sometimes they've used him as a top pair. Sometimes they've used him as a second. I wouldn't be surprised if they stay the second because it seems like they are using Scott Lawton in the Belmar role. I don't hate that. I'm I mean, better, he's better than, Belmar. than Belmar. Oh, yeah. definitely better well, than Belmar. Awesome. But it seems like we may have our new Belmar in Lawton, at least from a role standpoint, because... He was paired with Raffle, and they were used as the PK1 earlier, I think a couple games ago. Then last night, Lawton was paired with Lear, and they were also used as PK1, and they actually have experience playing on the PK together in Lehigh Valley. So you're getting an immediate, you know, immediate chemistry there. They know when, you know, the one guy's pressuring, the mm-hmm. other guy knows when to pull back, the other guy knows when he should jump into the play. Like they have some some chemistry there. So I wouldn't be surprised if you're looking at your top PK unit being Lawton plus one plus. Roffle if Lear doesn't make it, and then Lear if Lear makes it. 
I just decided right now I don't hate Scott Lawton being the new Belmar. No, I'm you pretty just decided, pro. Like right, right now. Jow, can you move the mouse for me? Um, I, I don't hate that, that if, if that is the Thank situation you. that happens, I don't hate it. Um, what was really interesting, I want to talk about Scott Lawton for a second. Um, during the second intermission of the game yesterday, they interviewed Ron Hextall, and he had a, a couple interesting things to say, but one was that he was really upset with Scott Lawton for a while, and now he could not be prouder of him. And, and, I think we all know roughly what he was talking about. There mm-hmm. was a reason that Lawton spent the whole season in the AHL last year. But that's really interesting for, for your GM to say it. And to say it on television. On television. Yeah. And, and like this is, a, this is a guy, he's a hockey guy. You don't call anybody out. No, but we when we talked to Riley Cote, we, he, he brought up how Scott Lawton <clears throat> basically had to be told you are not a top six forward he in needed, the NHL. He needed an attitude adjustment. If you yep. want to be you can be a full time NHL player, but guess what? You're not gonna be on power play unit one. You're not going to be getting top line minutes. And that's an adjustment for a guy who for basically his entire life has been the best player on the ice yeah. until he got to this level. That's an adjustment. And I was really happy to see Hextall say, yes, I was upset with him, and now he seems to have figured it out, and that's good because we need role players too, and effective role players are very important. Yep, absolutely. But that was really interesting was. For, for me to hear because they – they don't call people out like that. They yeah. don't. They don't say that. I love the speed of a potential Lawton Lear power play uh, yeah. penalty kill. That's that's fun. Yeah. Or, or Lawton Raffle. Raffle's yeah, fast or too. Lawton Raffle. They both bring speed. And so. the idea of a really competent fourth line that can actually do good uh, hockey. Things. Oh yes. Yeah. No, the, the fact. Imagine that, it. The fact that we're talking about Michael Raffle on line three, like or line four. I mean, it's hard for me to imagine line four being bad yeah. with Michael Raffle on it. Just because I don't think a line is going to be bad with him on it because it's going to drive play. Which, I mean, having a fourth line that can drive play, that's that's yeah, something just new. Just not Pretty get good. trapped. <laughs> just don't get trapped. That's all I'm asking you to do is don't give up six shots on one shift and get the goalie killed. Like, that's all I'm asking the fourth line to do. Yeah. This this weekend I was listening to, I don't even remember what it was, but it was a, an interview with Taylor Lear. And he's had a couple short stints in the NH- NHL. Um, and he was saying that the the biggest adjustment for him was the shock of everybody is really good, <laughs> which <laughs> which like you you would expect to sink in a little bit sooner. But he has been he's been really good in the AHL. So he comes to the NHL, and this is the best of the best, all of the best for all of their teams for their entire lives. Think about that jump. Like the AHL is one of the top three leagues in the world. And he was an all star. He was again all star game MVP yeah. last year. He comes up here and he's fighting for a spot on a fourth line. And it took it said he said it took him probably until this training camp for it to really sink in. So that's probably what Scott Lawton is going through as well. Before we wrap up tonight, now I want to throw it to Steph Licious, D. Steph Driver. She has some very exciting news about Broad Street Hockey Radio and this upcoming season. So we have a whole lot of things planned. So. First and foremost, thank you everybody for listening. Like, thank you for supporting us. Where's the camera? This is there. there, We've got three cameras. Um, This is we haven't even been doing this together as a foursome for a year yet, and and just the support that we've gotten is incredible. So, thank you, thank you for for listening to us. 
um, we want to bring you more content. So in addition to the weekly podcast that we will continue doing on Mondays, except for when it's a game night. We will never record on a game night. That's why we're doing tonight. Even preseason, which I found out this week. um, Which is why we're doing Wednesday. You know why? Because we watch the games. (laughs) This is true. Um, So we'll never record on a game night. We will continue our weekly Monday asterisk or whatever podcast. And we're going to start introducing some pregame and postgame content for everyone. So we're going to do pregame videos we're going to do post-game reactions in terms and videos too so you'll get that for every single game throughout the season another thing that we're adding free for free um another thing that we're adding is we're we just started our our patreon so we want to add more content but this costs us money to come here it 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 is a lot of time investment so what we want to do is for our subscribers we're going to offer a little bit more um, and I actually should have this up in front of me as I'm talking about it. That would be helpful. So we have a few different tiers. Oh, your 60 seconds are up. Thanks, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the first, the first tier is just the $1 tier. So you like us, you want to let us know that you like us. That's fantastic. I'll dance for dollars. You know, you do what you got to do. Um, the website, it's www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E eon.com backslash bsh radio uh the next tier is is where we start really getting into some content so for five dollars or more per month you get all of the free stuff plus a weekly all nhl show featuring all four of us so we will get together once a week or we will be from home remote we haven't quite figured out the logistics yet but once a week we will expand past just the flyers we will talk about everything that's happening in the NHL we have so many topics every week that expand that we just past never the get flyers to. that we never get to we're just going to give you a show of it so we're also going to do weekly prospect updates because that's what we really care about i mean we especially after the next round here. of cuts <laughs> well we've got a lot a lot of kids and juniors yeah, so yeah. we'll we'll do some weekly prospect updates Bill and I are moving Yelling About Sports from Wildfire Radio to our Patreon. So you're only going to be get be able to get Yelling About Sports with Bill and Steph on our Patreon. If you like to hear us argue, and something tells me you do if you're still listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me and her going at it with no buffer. You see how we sit with a buffer? We need the buffer. There's yeah. no buffer on Yelling About Sports. It's pretty epic. I've been on the show. <laughs> Uh, so then you will also get immediate reactions to big news. So if there's a trade, if there's an injury, a transaction, any uh, Ron, uh, Ron Hextall sends someone down for uh, by surprise or uh, Hextall scratches someone that you didn't expect he would ever scratch, like you're going to get an immediate reaction from one of us. Basically, like, have you ever had something happen to the Flyers and think, man, I wish it could turn on sports radio and they actually cared about it? That's what we want to do. Yeah. Because yes. we actually care. And, and we like hockey, and, and the stations don't. Honestly, what else yeah, am I doing? So, uh, you'll also get some outtakes and behind-the-scenes stuff, so we're, we're fun, and we do dumb stuff, so that's fun to see. Uh, the next <laughs> tier is, is called our Flyers After Dark, so you'll get all of the stuff. Is this the one I have to do topless? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you'll get all of the other stuff, plus a monthly two-drink minimum show, so we're all going to have drinks in front of us. 
we're all drinking and whatever no, comes boy. out of our mouth is what comes out of our mouth and that's going to be your show. Yeah. Um, and on top of that... We may or may not discuss hockey. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Once in a while. On top of that, you're going to get a monthly all-hands Q&A. So you'll be able to really lead the conversation, ask us our question, ask us your questions and get all of our opinions. So this is, this is where you get to drive the debate. This tier above that is $20... Or more per month, but $20 per month. You get everything else. And then we'll also do monthly watch parties with Broad Street Hockey. So you'll get a, a mixed bag of who will be in attendance. For the most part, Kelly, Bill, and I will be there. People dressed up as Guy one. Fieri will be there. You'll also mm-hmm. get other members of Broad Street Hockey. Charlie has to cover games, so probably not Charlie, but we'll see if we can work out a special appearance we'll but, kidnap them but i what i, I plan have a charlie to, mask that i'll wear from time to time. <laughs> what i plan to do is set up set up specials with a bar we'll have a watch party and we'll we'll go and have a really good time every month super duper gang so any you know we really we want to bring you more content as much content as possible and this helps us do that so please thank you again for all of your support and you'll be able to benefit from all of this extra content as soon as next week. And that is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you very much for joining us. And hey, I haven't got on you people about this in a while, so I'm going to. Go on iTunes and rate us. Give us five stars, goddammit, and write nice things about us. There's like a bunch of good reviews and two bad ones, and we want to push those bad ones down just to show Davy Crockett 444 that he's a jerk off. <laughs> Is that the one that called me a snowman? Yes. That, Fuck called that me a guy. Charlie low testosterone beta oh, male. Oh, yeah. Well, that's okay. At least you're not Steph. At least we're not Steph. At least you're right. not Steph. Well, I didn't even exist in that review, so thanks, Davey. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for you. Have a great week, Phil. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah! Who's gonna score hockey I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.